Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, it's Dan and welcome to a long weekend edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Mary Kay Cabot, Scott Patsko, Ashley Bastock, and I asked our tech subscribers to send us questions about anything they wanted. Sort of a, a Reddit AMA style, mailbag style uh, podcast. So we get into all sorts of things. Movies, TV, favorite stadiums. Mary Kay has some story time for us. Uh, it's great. I hope you enjoy it. Uh, a little bit of a different sounding podcast for you this weekend. Now, I mentioned we asked our Football Insider subscribers to help us out. If you want to become one, you go to the blue banner at the top of the page at cleveland.com slash browns. Click it to get info and get signed up so you can get a daily newsletter delivered to your inbox. Get access to exclusive stories on cleveland.com slash browns. And, of course, become one of our text subscribers. So, again, it's all at cleveland.com slash browns. There's a blue banner at the top of the page. Click that. Get more info. Get signed up. Okay, here we go. Our weekend edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Here we go on our podcast, getting you through your long Memorial Day weekend. Uh, We're going to do this a little bit differently than we normally do. We just threw this open to our texters, uh, kind of a a Reddit ask me anything style or mailbag, whatever you want to call it. We wanted them to throw questions at us. They could ask football questions. Most of them did not. Uh, Basically anything they wanted. I even threw out dog grooming, which I don't know if we got any dog grooming questions, but um, we can certainly talk about dog grooming if if we want. There's, There's time. Anyway, we were looking through the texts, the replies. Scott, you found, uh, I know you found a couple good ones. So why don't you start us off with the question that you want to answer? Yeah, and I think this is from Tom. And uh, I don't know if it's Tom Middlebury in Connecticut or Tom from Middlebury, Connecticut. Is there a Middlebury, Connecticut? Yes, there is a Middlebury, right. Connecticut. <laughs> I don't know. We'll just say Tom. But he had, he had actually a few of them. And one of them was, now that there's finally a sequel to Top Gun, what other movie out there requires a sequel that has been made? And I... I feel first I should alert everybody to what we were talking about before we hit record. <laughs> I myself have not seen Top Gun, which I feel ashamed of. I was like a sophomore or junior in high school when that came out. I should have seen it. But like I told these guys, I, I've seen uh, the You Take My Breath Away video probably 100 times. So I think that covers the gist of it. You know, there's some flying involved. There's a love story. We, you know, Tom Cruise, whatever. There's volleyball, all that kind of stuff. But nobody else here has seen the movie. And I'm surprised by that, that I thought I'd be the only one. I don't know. But nobody else here has seen it. Does anybody else want to talk about their shame and not having seen Top Gun before I get I've to my I've seen head? Top Gun. I've yeah. seen it. I've oh, seen you it. have? Okay. Yes, I've seen it. I just don't remember it that well. I, I hate to say. I just can't like, yeah, I'd have to refresh my memory a little bit. stuff so much Brown's information into your head that <laughs> yes. that has been lost. 
It's, yeah. it's one of those movies that like I've seen snippets of, you know, because back in the day when you just sort of scroll through channels or whatever, maybe you'd come across it. But yeah, I've never sat down and like watched start to finish Top Gun. Yeah, so I am definitely embarrassed that I've never seen it. I mean, I am I, I am a millennial. So like I think most people my age probably have not seen it, which like is fine. But I pride myself on being very savvy in the pop culture world. Um so it's one of those where like I've gotten like the Goose and Maverick references over the years, but like, mm, I don't know, it is kind of bad. So maybe it is on Netflix, I believe. So like, I will try and watch it and then potentially go see the new movie. But from listening to a podcast and, and an entertainment podcast that I listened to, I believe in the sequel, no spoilers, it is not beach volleyball, but beach football. So I heard that too. Yeah. We'll have to do a breakdown of this movie, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> We can break down all the football in the new Top Gun on a, on a right. July podcast when we need some content. So there is a movie that we need to see a sequel to, though, and I'm sure we're all going to agree on this. Uh-oh. Don't you say right? it. Say it very <laughs> That's what I was going to say. Exactly I got it all figured say. out. Oh, you go. Go ahead, Scott. I'm not Draft stealing day. it from... Yes. And I say, this, I say this as someone who feels that movie is one of the most ridiculous movies ever made, but there needs to be a sequel to Draft Day, and here's the plot. Five years after the events of draft day, Sonny Weaver Jr. has resigned in disgrace because after you take a linebacker first overall and a running back with a seventh pick, things are not going to go well for you. Okay. You know, he fired his father and I know they explain that, but most fans don't care that he fired his father. He was a legend, you know, Uh, he, he had a child with one of his employees and apparently didn't seem too keen on marrying her. Um, So that relationship fell apart. Anyway, he's out of football five years later. So now there comes along some sort of spring football league, like the XFL, some sort of startup or something. And they come to Sonny Weaver Jr. And they say, we want you to be part of this. He goes, okay. And they want you to be a general manager of a team. He goes, yeah, but that's not good enough. I need to restore his name. I'm going to be the head coach and the general manager of this team. So he does that. It's a startup league. You got all sorts of funny hijinks of, of guys who probably shouldn't be in the league and never made it in the league. But here's the thing. His quarterback on this team is Bo Callahan because Bo Callahan also flamed out in the NFL. So it's just a redemption story of two guys. Maybe he gets back together with Jennifer Garner. Who knows? But that's the basic gist of it. And of course, at the end, he he gets hired back into the NFL. And I don't know, maybe this is an offensive coordinator. And he says, my quarterback's coach needs to be Bo Callahan. And so there's a happy ending. You know what I want? There are certain things I want from a draft day movie. And again, I'm really upset that the draft day podcast was done before I was hired here. So I could not take part. (laughs) Number one, what I want in this movie is to understand, like, what's Monte Mack doing? Is he still getting four sacks as a middle linebacker? A thing that does not make sense. Is he still getting four sacks in a single game? Like, Uh, how did that work out? He he has PFF's highest coverage grade. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Let's I want to I want to know all about Bonte Mac, which R.I.P. Chadwick, Chadwick Boseman, like the sequel obviously would not be possible in, in that way. Um, I want the second thing I want, and this is very important. I want Mary Kay to have an actual role, not just a part of an extra in a gas station. I want Mary Kay Cabot <laughs> playing herself That's and right. asking Sonny Weaver Jr. the first press conference question. Because we need that. It's only fair, quite honestly. Yeah. Um, Why didn't we have that the first time around yes. is what I don't understand. I That's mean, my are, bone to pick. Are you kidding me? Nobody like, asked him the hard questions. Yeah. Like, what were they thinking? Filmed in Cleveland. We had to walk around cameras and they couldn't even let any of the, any of the local reporters 
be the reporters. It was all wrong. No. And I, I just overall with draft day, I think it is a not so good, extremely rewatchable movie. So I would 100% just eat up any sequel that they gave me. Is, is there one where like Jennifer Garner is the new GM? She's that like, would be great. Sure. You know what? That whole like, storyline, no sense. It makes no sense. He was carrying on, not an affair with like his lead cap expert. Like it just doesn't, it's, it's not how things work. And, and, as a and woman, I, it makes me angry. And, and I don't want to turn this into the draft day rewatch pod, or maybe I do. <laughs> <laughs> but it still bothers me that like Jennifer Gardner gets up and goes directly to work. And he like drives around town and listens to sports talk radio and visits a water park with the owner and just kind of just takes his time showing up. No rush. And by the time he's there, Jennifer Gardner has just laid all the groundwork for everything. And you know what the last thing I want? Like, did David Putney become a pro bowler? That's what I want to know. Did the Browns turn him into a pro bowler? Was that trade worth it? It was the key to the whole deal. Why don't we write the sequel to draft day and pitch it? Shall we? Yeah. I think we should. But we should do the draft day pod sequel (laughs) with (laughs) Ashley and I participating in these dog days of summer because we didn't get to be on there. And because they had, you guys had some terrible opinions on that, which I've laid oh. out before. Like Rick, the intern is a horrible character. And Scott said he was his favorite. That's a ter- oh. Hey, that cat kid was good. It was a oh. terrible movie. It required terrible takes. Okay. Uh, <laughs> exhausting. I didn't realize Ashley has been sitting here this whole time just stewing over the things we said I've about tried it up multiple times. What do you mean you didn't realize? I, I didn't realize dumb. like I've made it known on this podcast before. You can go probably find the audio if you looked hard enough. And I've made it known off mic multiple times. It's very it's a hot hot button issue for me right now. Maybe you and I'll just do it, Ashley. We'll do our own yeah. little draft yeah. day review. The real draft day review. Do it over again. <laughs> That's fine. As long as I don't have to watch the movie again. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> fair. You guys, you guys do. What it. about other movies? What about other movies that require, that require a sequel? What do you guys got? Yeah. I have one, but you so guys. I, I, have one. I, I do have one, but it's not a sequel and it's never going to happen. I don't think not in the way that we think. Um, I have, I was always like after, and it's a sequel to a TV show. But I was in the camp. I always wanted a sequel Sopranos movie, which like we got a prequel Sopranos movie and it wasn't very good. So in hindsight, I'm like, maybe it's a good idea that we didn't get that sequel. Um, <laughs> and the only sequel we really got was that Super Bowl Chevy commercial from this past year. Uh, but yeah, obviously with James Gandolfini dying, that's not going to happen. But I love the Sopranos. Um, I know, Dan, you've never seen it to put you on I've never spot. watched it. Mary Kay and I have though. So Mm. he knows what I mean. Um, So yeah, that's always been mine. You know what? I was telling you guys the other day. First of all, I know way, way, way more than I ever wanted to know about a drug cartel. I mean, I could run one. (laughs) I could be Pablo Escobar right now because I know everything about how to run a drug cartel, but um, Narcos and, um, and the Sopranos got me through the pandemic. <laughs> yeah. I came out of it, you know, wanting to cook some crystal meth and, you know, whatever. But anyways, um, yeah, Tony Soprano, what a character. Uh, and, and Pablo. So those, uh, yeah, those shows really did 
get me get me through. So I can see you wanting to do the uh, the Sopranos movie sequel. Dan, you got something? I don't know. I'm having trouble with this one because like, you know, if we're doing the TV to movie thing, a lot of mine have sort of gone that route, right? Like, you know, I was huge Breaking Bad Breaking fan Bad, and they've done yeah. a whole prequel series with Better Call Saul and then they they did the Jesse movies. So that's kind of, you know, I feel completed with that one. Like they've sort of told the whole story on both ends. I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to think of, there's, I don't know if I have a movie off the top of my head that I'm like, I've, I've got to see like a second one of those. I mean, I could all, I could always go for like, what are they up to with the Creed movies? Three, let's just do more Creed movies. You know, (laughs) I I could live with that. All right. So every time I walk through my living room and my husband and my daughter are sitting there together watching something, it's always dazed and confused. (laughs) They always have dazed and confused on they've watched it. Uh, my husband's probably watched it. I don't know. He's got to be up to 30, 40 by now. Uh, now he's got my daughter loving it. So I inevitably have seen it probably 10 times myself, maybe in bits and pieces, but I'd like to know what the gang is up to. And I, I think that, you know, part of the reason why uh, Bill loves it so much and why I do enjoy it is like, that was, that was basically our lives back <laughs> Um, that was our music, you know? Um, and so it's just kind of funny to watch that, but anyway, so I'd like to know what the gang is up to Matthew McConaughey. How'd these guys all turn out? Did they Matthew McConaughey just grew up to be Matthew McConaughey. (laughs) Yeah, he did. He really did. But, um, you know, could they do a, a, this one just popped in my head, a white men can't jump sequel. Oh, there you go. Cause I was kind of thinking like, if we're, if we're talking about, I want to know what everyone's up to. Yeah. yeah, I'd actually just really like to know what Raymond is up to. And that they just the reunited at the Oscars yeah. too. Rosie Perez, Woody Harrelson. They, you know, it was a part of a celebration randomly. Yeah, let's let's do that one. We can do that. <laughs> See how everybody turned out. Okay, uh, did anybody else come across any good questions from our texters here that they want to throw out there? Tom gave us a couple, so we can keep going down the the road with Tom's if we want. Um, he asked, uh, if you could cover one sports team from any era for one year, what team would you choose? And you're not allowed to choose the first year of Brown's expansion. Mary Kay has lived that. So she's definitely, (laughs) why would anybody want to relive that? (laughs) So one team from any era for one year. That's so hard. Cleveland force, 1986, 1987. I've done that for me. <laughs> there best, you go, Scott. That was kind of peak force. They were their most popular. Uh, had the most wins. Never won a championship, and they didn't that year. They didn't even get to the finals that year. But uh, yeah, that'd be fun instead of sitting in the stands, packed. They outdrew the Cavs at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, I think on average they were outdrawing the even the Indians on a game by game average. Browns were kind of ramping up at that point, but that'd be fun. So that was my first beat. The Cleveland Force. I was pretty much fresh out of college, had done an internship at the Plain Dealer uh, between my junior and senior year. Then they hired me back, and I did a lot of things uh, before I got thrown onto the Force beat. But then, lo and behold, they threw me onto um, this beat, and it was a great way to learn how to cover a beat because, as as Scott said, it was they were very very popular. 
So everybody was interested. They outdrew the Cavs. It was exciting. It was fun. I got to travel to every single away game. So I was in Los Angeles and San Diego. And I mean, I was all over the place and um, it was actually a lot of fun. And I got to know all those guys really well. As I was saying before, you know, before we uh, got on, I mentioned that I was traveling the country with, you know, 25, uh, 25 European young men. (laughs) I mean, it was a tough job, but somebody had to do it. But anyways, a lot of those guys are still, you know, I'm still on great terms with some of those guys. It, It was a, it was a fun time. Everybody was so into them. They were a cool bunch of guys. Uh, they were so much fun The the whole city rallied around them. And uh, we need to have a, a Cleveland force reunion around here. One of these days. They had, they had a reunion uh, when the, when I think they were trying to rebrand like early two thousands, they were trying to rebrand. I think maybe they're probably still the crunch at that point. And they had like an MISL versus Cleveland crunch mm-hmm. legends game at the old Coliseum. And uh, they brought those guys back. And I remember one of the players, uh, I think it was Bernie James, talked about like back in the day when they'd walk around downtown Cleveland. I mean, it was like rock stars. They uh-huh. like people knew who they were, which now you think about soccer players walking around Cleveland and being recognized. Maybe not. But um, but back then, yeah, it was it was a different, different scene. Totally. It was huge. I mean, it's, it's so hard to fathom that that an indoor soccer team was that popular, but they were that popular. They consistently drew. 14, 15,000 to the Coliseum. And I have vivid memories of just like making that trek from Lakewood mm. or Rocky River out to that Coliseum, like in the dead of winter. <laughs> like uh, an hour to get out of the parking lot. Exactly. But <laughs> it, it was really cool. And I got to know um, Timo Leokowski, the coach, really well. And I would have to say, I mean, I still consider him to be like a friend. So, I mean, it was just, a, it was a cool thing to do. And um, yeah, I've got very, very fond memories of those years. So my, my first thought was, and we should have had Hoinsey come back on the pod for this. My first thought was like the 95 Indians would have been, I mean, that team, because I'm trying to think like you want a good team, a team that was kind of had some wild personalities, maybe partied a lot, you know, that's kind of the team you want. And I want to go like really kind of pre-internet. So the other team I had in mind was like, sort of the birth of the Showtime Lakers. That was one of mine. You Well, you literally <laughs> took two of the ones I was Did thinking I? About. And the other one that I was thinking about that kind of, I think maybe fits in that is the 97, 98 Bulls. Like for a lot of the same reasons, like you said, lots of personalities, never a shortage of anything to write about, but pre-social media. Yeah. And but like, the 95 Indians is a really good one. And, and if you kind of go back into the 80s too, you're getting into like, these teams were still flying commercial. So you'd run, you just had more access. You, you know, it, there weren't as many people covering them and they were just completely wild. Um, one, maybe one of those Cowboys Super Bowl teams too would have been on my list. Well, the cardiac kids would have been fun. They were, you know, before my time on the beat, but they were fun. Sam Rotigliano was a fun coach to cover, uh, you know, Brian Seib. It was a great group of guys. Uh, you know, the games were fantastic and fun. The whole town was painted orange during those years. Um, so I think that would have been a fun team to cover. All right. Going through these here. Um, let's see there, there's another movie question 
um, the Mount Rushmore of favorite movies. This is from Bill in Los Angeles. So he's living right in the, the heart. Of, should we just do sports movies? Like the Mount Rushmore? Yeah, I, I, think, that's like too... I feel like movies in general is a little too vague. Yes. Like sports movies? Yeah. Hoosiers? Maybe we should just do football movies. Um, baseball, I think honestly, my favorite baseball movie i know most people would say field of dreams but mine is a league of their own i love absolutely love a league of their own it's my favorite tom hanks movie that's one that's definitely on my mount rushmore for sticking sports overall major league has to be on this mount rushmore yeah we have to like (laughs) we even if we don't want to put it on there we have to put it on there because we are a podcast based in cleveland well on that argument (laughs) I would put draft day on there because it is a rewatch. No, movie. we don't have to do that. Come on, have fun, live a little. A League of Their Own's a good one. I haven't seen that in yeah. a while, but yeah, that's a good one. Um, Some great quotes. I mean, some of the I think most famous quotes in in sports movies. There's no crying in baseball. Wow, we're really sticking to just sports, huh? Um, I mean, I what if put... we didn't? What if we didn't stick? To yeah. Sports? Okay, what that's fine. Guys... What What do you guys have? Like. And I'm not just saying this because Ray Liotta just died, but Goodfellas is typically my answer of favorite movies. I mean, it's just a a perfect movie to me. I can watch it endless times. If it's on TV, it's one of those movies that I'll, you know, I'll typically I'll stop the channel if I'm channel surfing and and watch it from no matter where it's at. But uh, my favorite Scorsese movie, all that, I think that's on my Mount Rushmore, definitely. Well, still sticking with sports for a minute. I mean, Bull Durham is is definitely um right up there um so that's one i i always really liked but if we were, were going all, away from sports you know shawshank redemption is just always going to yeah. be way 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 up there for me and i could i could watch that probably once a week and and absolutely love it and i believe like that year was insane for movies if i have it right and i don't have it in front of me but it was like shawshank forrest gump Pulp Fiction, like we're all the same award cycle. That's like bananas. I, I could throw out, <laughs> I could throw out some probably now problematic comedies that I watched when I was way too young. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, like Airplane. That's a, <laughs> yeah. Um, the Jerk. Blazing the Saddles. Blazing Saddles. <laughs> yeah. Um, a lot of stuff wouldn't fly today. Monty Python. If, if we're going way back, but yeah, I, I definitely watched The Jerk when I was way too young, to watch <laughs> and I'm I'm sure that that movie has not aged particularly well. See, my Mount Rushmore would have Major League on it, and then I would cheat for the other spots. I would have like the Marvel Cinematic Universe would be one spot, <laughs> Star Wars Universe would be another spot, and then like the Batman trilogy that Christopher Nolan did. That's it. That's pretty much all I watch. <laughs> it's got to have a superhero or a lightsaber or, or it's a cartoon i don't watch real things anymore it's what no urban cowboy no 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 i mean i'm i'm more into like I, this is probably all of us at this point right like we're probably everybody's watching tv now like we're all yeah. watching tv series whether it's on right. netflix or act like so that's probably like a movie or it's like two though. movies together yeah. All right. Well, why don't we get, why don't we give our uh, everybody give your maybe fave Netflix or whatever series, and then yeah, maybe your one and two. Well, I'll just call. I mean, Breaking Bad is still like top of my list. Yeah, that's like top of my list of like show that I'm just gonna rewatch that and the one that I have to rewatch for like the fifth time 
this is what I do. I just rewatch things over and over. Is Friday Night Lights? Yeah, oh, that's there a you go. A good one. Uh, I've never watched that. I read the oh, book. That was good yeah. enough for me. Maybe the TV skip, show is maybe so skip good. season two, but yeah, there's a murder for no reason. <laughs> Does not go much further than the second <laughs> season. Um, yeah, I think mine. My in terms of TV shows that I'm always like rewatching or willing to rewatch. Already talked about The Sopranos. That's one for me. The West Wing is another one for me. Um, And Gilmore Girls, I think, is one of the most underrated shows to come out of the aughts. Like, very fast-talking, clever, witty. um, A bunch of episodes back in the days when there were, like, 20 episodes in a season, and there's seven seasons of it. Uh, So that's right up there for me, too. I would say those are probably my top three. I've never seen... Gilmore oh. Girls, from what I understand, Sebastian Bach of Skid Row is in it. Yep, he is. <laughs> so maybe I'll he have to watch it. He's in it in later <laughs> seasons, so you'll have to power through the earlier ones without him, but it's worth it. So isn't the, and I love Gilmore Girls, love, love, love Gilmore Girls, um, but isn't the writer of Gilmore Girls also Mrs. the Maisel. lead writer on Mrs. Maisel, which is, yep. you can tell if you, you know, if you listen to the pacing of the dialogue, and yeah. everything, I mean, you can kind of get a feel for it. And, uh, yes. and I love Mrs. Maisel, by the way, I just think that that's a, a tremendous, tremendous series. And that's definitely, that, that is also one of my newer ones that I, I've rewatched it. I don't miss an episode when it's airing. I'm sad it's going to be ending. Um, but yeah, you're right. It's that same kind of fast talking pace. Gilmore Girls is, takes place in the modern day. So there's more like pop culture references mixed in than in Maisel, which they still do, but they're, they're from like the 50s as opposed to the 2000s and 90s. So, right. Oh, well, a recent rewatch too that I did because we randomly rewatched Seinfeld and that got me on like this Julia Louise Dreyfus is a genius kick. Veep. So, Veep. <laughs> yeah, that's another great one. <laughs> that that's was. like, that's up there. I can't believe I forgot to mention Veep. Like, HBO has so many good shows. It's honestly, I, I just lose track of it. But Veep is one of those shows. No matter how many times you see an episode, you can find something new to laugh at every time. Like a quick one offline, um, especially Sam Richardson, who plays Richard Splett. Like yes. he, he talks so fast and so quiet sometimes that it'll be like my fifth time watching an episode. And I'm like, wait, what? Like, what did he just say? He so, captions on with that. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Succession was good too. Did everybody here watch yes. Succession? Yes, I'm caught up on Succession. Yes. That was really. I have made succession references on this very pod, so yes, I knew I knew you watched it. We got a few. We always kind of get these when when we call out for like non football questions. So we we got a few that were along the lines of favorite road trip or favorite stadium to to visit. Um, I know we're all at different points as far as how many yeah. stadiums we've all visited, but I don't know what what are your favorite stadiums to visit that that you've had the chance to go to or maybe i mean whatever even if it's not nfl your favorite place you've you've been so, so far, been sent on the road as the new person i've not been to many places <laughs> but i will say from this past year like my favorite experiences were having the browns play in baltimore for a night game because the atmosphere the ravens just created was awesome for that division rivalry and even though we've been over this, I've not seen The Wire, but I appreciate the historical <laughs> significance of The Wire. So when they played that Omar whistle in the stadium before their introductions, insane. 
And then my other one was, even though as Dan and Mary Kay and Scott know, I had a horrible time getting to Green Bay <laughs> and flight cancellations and car last minute car rentals. And it's just a pain, but I was glad I powered through that Christmas day trip because obviously going to Lambeau Field, I think is something that's on so many people's bucket lists. I'm glad I got to do it one time. Um, it's just in the truly like in the middle of a neighborhood that, that you just drive up and it's there and people have signs in their front yards paying for parking, you know, $20 to park like four blocks away uh, from the field. And it just like reminded me too of a lot of the Big Ten stadiums that I've been in. So that that for me was really, really cool. And I would say those are my favorite NFL experiences so far on the road. Yeah, so somebody did ask for like worst travel experience. And now that you bring up Green Bay, Ashley, like, well, you've, you've got, because I was, oh. see, I had no travel problems on that trip and I was no. nice and comfortable in my hotel room. And I get this phone call from Ashley that she is just stranded in Chicago night. and she's going to rent a car and drive to Green Bay from there. So. And- everyone was very nice. Everyone, you know, that I could do whatever was going to be easiest, but truly it was Christmas Eve. And again, I was stranded at one of the busiest airports in the country, but there were just no flights back to Cleveland in time that I would have been able to watch the game. And there were no flights to like Green Bay or the surrounding airports that I would have gotten to Lambeau Field the next day in time. So I'm like three hours, I'm just going to do this and and rent a car here and drive. Uh, then the rental car company screwed up my reservation and I had to dr- change my flight back, drive back to Chicago two days later and fly out of there from Cleveland. But United, thankfully, did upgrade me for the first time ever. So that was a nice button on the end of a horrible tra- travel experience. <laughs> Mary Kay and Scott, favorite stadium you visited? Uh, I think well, this year, I mean, it was SoFi Stadium, I thought was nice because it was super clean was that where the bat was i can't remember whether that was where the bat was that in the was press box. Green, green bay that was green yeah. bay mm-hmm. um but excellent food selection uh very clean good seating in the press box these are things that are important to me um you know does the chair have wheels can i move does is it high enough <laughs> is the counter where i'm writing too low i mean you know i'm six two i gotta like fit into these places <laughs> Uh, and again, the, the food was outstanding. Um, I, my daughter was jealous. I took a picture. They had uh, all this candy. I don't know if you remember. They, they had like one whole side of their uh, food area was just all sorts of different types of candy. And I took a picture and sent it to her and said, I'm eating all this. But <laughs> it was great. That, that was great. It was cold. For some reason, they decided to have the air conditioning on super high where we were. But other than that, that was a nice stadium. The worst, I never had a bad travel experience. But when we were in Jacksonville, is that like T T I A? Oh, that's whatever, an awful Bank place. State or whatever. Yeah, that's an awful place. We're trying to get down to the press area, so we had to, we walked down outside the stadium, and instead of being able to walk like twenty feet through a roped off area where they didn't want fans going, we had to walk all the way outside outside the gate of the stadium. It was me, Dan, and Tony Grossi trying to get around this thing. I don't know. It, we didn't know where we were going walking through the bowels of the stadium. And then once we get there, we do the interviews outside the locker room in the outer concourse and 15 feet behind us is every air conditioning unit for that entire stadium. So it was pretty much like we were at an airport on the runway trying to hear what people were saying. It was, it was not great. Can I tell my Jared Leto story on here? Dan, what do you think? That's, that's up to you. 
I'm you telling want to go on record with the Jared Leto story. I'm going on the record. Okay. Ashley hasn't heard it before. I've been telling. I've I, been dying I, to hear it. I told Ashley I have a Jared Leto story for. Her. Okay, so it was many years back, and um, I can't remember exactly how many, but it's it's been a long time. We could probably look it up. It was when the Browns were playing in Green Bay in the preseason, and. Um, so we were taking, you know, you know, I was taking one of these little planes that was going to be stopping in Madison and, uh, and then going on to Green Bay. And so one of my total guilty pleasures, and Ashley, you can probably relate to this because I know you also watch the Kardashians. So one of my total, <laughs> one of my total guilty pleasures in life is whenever I go on the road, I stop in the little stores in the, in the airports and I grab People magazine and Us Weekly and all the, you know, all the little trashy magazines. So I get on the plane and I was sitting there reading my People magazine. And at, at this moment, I just so happened to be uh, looking down at a photo of Jared Leto and Cameron Diaz. And I'm sitting there looking at it and reading about them and how it's going and they're dating and everything. And all of a sudden, I look up, somebody's breathing down my neck at that moment. And I looked up and it was him. It was Jared Leto while I was reading about Jared Leto. And Why he, was he there? And he was pointing at me at my magazine <laughs> and pointing at me reading about him. And he's like, you know, elbowing the guy behind him like, hey, you know, look what she's reading or whatever. And so, you know, I tried to play it really, really cool. Um, and I mean, I, I learned at some point in my life, I learned to like really play it cool in those kind of situations. <laughs> uh, that's another podcast. Okay. That's <laughs> another podcast for another day. But anyways, so, so, you know, instead of, um, instead of, you know, like getting all gaga and trying to ask him for an autograph and having him sign my magazine and all this kind of stuff, <laughs> I was just like, oh yeah. Okay, cool. There you are. And he had on the same exact bracelet. It was this red, like rubber bracelet. He had the same bracelet on that he did in the picture. Okay. So, I mean, it was, there was no mistaking any of this. So I stick, you know, I'm sitting in my seat and he goes up and sits and it was a little puddle jumper plane. So he and his buddy go and sit up in the, uh, in the, like in the front row, they were in first class, even though there wasn't such a thing on the plane, but anyways, so, and I was married. Okay. So of course I really had to keep my cool and be careful. <laughs> and um, so anyways, I, I just said, I'm not doing it. I'm not going to act happy to know him. Uh, and I'm just going to act like I see him every day and this is no big deal. So, um, so we, the plane lands in Madison and it's one of those planes where you have, when you get off, then you've got to go grab your bag at the little rack. You know, you walk down the little thing and you'll grab, grab your bag. He waited for me at the bag rack and asked me if I wanted to go to his concert that night, 30 seconds to Mars yeah. in Madison. And of course, I wanted to blow off the football game. I really did. <laughs> of I really wanted to blow off the football game. But, you know, I mean, duty calls. I mean, you, you just can't. You just can't blow off the football game and stay in Madison. I mean, I really would have had to do some fast thinking if I were going to do that. Now I kind of regret not doing it. I mean, a concert would have been nice um, as opposed to a, a preseason game against the Green Bay Packers. But then I ended up seeing that and I was like, oh, sorry, no, can't. 
got to go, got to go cover a football game, whatever. <laughs> I ended up seeing him and his buddies like three more times through the airport in Madison. It was just like torture. I was like, of course I want to go to your concert. Right. Um, but anyway, so I was joking around with friends afterwards and I was saying, you know, I've just, like I said, I've learned to be cool and, you know, not get all gaga in those types of situations. So I was laughing and saying, you know, what should have happened is when I walked up near the first row, he should have been looking at a copy of the plane dealer with mm. my picture <laughs> on a bronze insider. And I could have nudged the person next to me and pointed at the plane dealer and said, oh yeah, that's me. Jared Leto, secret Browns fan. You met the future worst joker. Yeah, he's horrible. Oh my <laughs> God. It's <that's laughs> so bad. Jared it's Leto slander so pod real fast. Listen, my, <laughs> my whole Twitter account. I don't, I don't make the list. I'm just saying he's usually ranked, you know, at the bottom. If, I don't know. If you search Jared Leto on my Twitter, I, I have a lot of Jared Leto jokes. Like I think when they released the promo pictures for House of Gucci, which, which he was in, and they released his, I like tweeted it out and I'm like, please, I just can't deal with this today. Like Jared Leto is one of those method actors to me that just seems like he would be exhausting to know in real life. So I'm glad Mary Kay had a good experience because this, this provided some context, but you know, like he made some <laughs> comments. He just did a movie with Denzel Washington and he's like, I didn't truly meet Denzel until after we were, it's like, what? Like, what are you talking about? This doesn't make sense. Give it a rest. Well, you know what? He uh, was nowhere near as famous at all. Yeah. Then as he is now. And that's why he was like, he was like kind of excited. about it was the probably a thrill, Yeah. Yeah. And then I mean, what, would, what why... would he have been at that point? Like, what was he famous for being in at that point? I don't know. I don't but even I was, know. I, I, I can't think of what he was in. I'd have to go back and get the time element of it all. But, yeah. you know, I knew, you know, who he was just because I was a People magazine aficionado and entertainment tonight and all that kind of stuff. So I knew exactly who he was and he was waiting for me. I'm telling you right now, he was waiting for me to come up and ask for that autograph. He was doing, I'm like, not doing it. No, mm -mm, not doing it. Not, mm -mm, nope. <laughs> So like I pulled up, I pulled up his IMDb because I just like wanted to see and I'm very, I don't know exactly what time frame again you were talking about, but like in the nineties, he was in that show, my so-called life, which has kind of become like a cult classic. So I think that was really like one of his first roles. He was in fight club. He was in girl interrupted American psycho requiem for a dream. So that was a fight club. Yeah. yeah he was, um, club. He's the guy that gets his face like destroyed. It was it by Edward Maybe. Norton? I think. Named Angel Face. Yeah. yeah. Like in the basement fighting? Yeah. Huh. Yeah, he was, he was probably in Dazed and Confused. <laughs> that, that movie should be on our Mount Rushmore. Fight Club? That's true. Yeah. Fight, Fight Club should be... I just watched American Psycho recently, too, randomly, and that's a, that's a good one. Yeah. I have to go back. To, if I should go grab a media guide and go figure out what year yeah. that would have been that, that they played up there in Green Bay and, and try to get the the time we could do some cross-referencing and search when he <laughs> dated cameron diaz yes so from Let's from the that. twitter account from the twitter account at ashley bastock 42 on february 9th 2021 <laughs> oh, no. <Jared> <laughs> legally jared leto cannot play the joker again he can't <laughs> so you legally it's not allowed although I... hey in the in the uh director's cut of the justice league that zach snyder like cut 
they had a whole new thing at the end of that. And he was, he was okay. Like his, his scenes there were, were, they were okay. And ironically, the Snyder Cut was what I was tweeting about. Like that was when that first had, had come out. And I'm like, I, I can't deal with this anymore on Twitter for the foreseeable future. Oh, I, okay. So Cameron Diaz and Jared Leto dated from about 1999 to 2003. So we're talking about a long time ago here, yeah. um, of course. Um, but um, I was kidding around with, with friends af- afterwards that when I did, I did talk to them in the airport a couple of times, like for a brief second. And I was kidding around that in the next week's People magazine, uh, there was going to be a picture of me and Jared Leto. <laughs> And it was going to cause the breakup of him and Cameron Diaz. There you go. So I, I milked that thing for all it was worth. <laughs> there you go. He did invite you to his concert. She probably wouldn't have been too happy. So this whole, this whole discussion started with favorite stadiums. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but this was so much better than a favorite stadium, right? I've been waiting to hear right. Mary Kay's Jared Leto story for months now. Was mm-hmm. it good? Did you like it? It was good. It was worth the, it was worth the wait. I, wish, well, I, I mean, call honestly... Husband. I wish you all could have just seen Ashley's reaction as the story was going along. It, was... <laughs> it would yeah, make I... the wrong day for Dave not to be here. Dave Anderson, <laughs> we miss you. I did call my husband from the airport and asked him if he would mind if I went to Jared Leto's concert. And he absolutely would have minded. So that helped me make up my mind as well. <laughs> I got no permission. I got no candy on that one. Well, I would have let him go to a concert if he wanted to. Yeah. If we still want to talk stadiums, the Superdome. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Bring it back home, Dan. You're the host. Come on. Somebody, wants, somebody wants to know. Somebody else wanted to know what are they know that somehow they know I'm a walker or a runner and they want to know what everybody else does to stay in shape. Well, do they know, though, that when Mary Kay walks, she carries her computer on her back? <laughs> Oh, they might not know that. That's so nerdy. That is nerdy. But think about this. Think about this. So last Sunday, I think it was, um, I was about to get on. It might have been, must have been raining that day, but I was just getting onto my treadmill and, um, and I get, I got a tip, the tip that um, Jadavian Clowney had agreed to terms. And I was told you better hurry. So think about this. What if I had been out on my walk without my computer? Right? Can't leave home without it. Life of a beat writer. It's fair. Life of a beat writer. High stress. I live in a high state of stress every minute of my life. Even on your relaxing moments, like taking your walk. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What? But that's what I signed up for. And I'm not complaining. Yeah. Speaking of so... Well, yeah, I saw that question. It was what sort of things do we do? So yeah, yeah Mary Kay, you're a walker. Um, I'm a runner. I've been getting into biking lately. So I'm like, I'm mm. just that I'm just that guy now that's just annoying wow. about everything apparently because I run and bike. So that's that's what I've been doing. I have a Peloton, so I'm that kind of annoying. Um, I got it last <laughs> April. But listen, here's the thing. I, I know some people are like, oh, like I wouldn't want to spend the money on that, whatever. But like, I don't have a normal gym membership anymore. And I literally use it every single day. And it's not just the bike, like they have strength classes and, and all kinds of fitness classes. So I do that. And I have to work out every day, like for my own 
sanity. It's how I decompress from, from work and, and any other outside stressors. I, I played soccer for like 40 plus years. So I'm giving my knees and ankles a break at this point. That's my, uh, my gift to my body for its health is not to be pounding knees and ankles on turf and soccer fields with gopher holes in them. And yeah. That's what kind of soccer, like rec league soccer or, or you played high school soccer, college. Soccer. What kind of soccer are you talking about? I did not rec- play high school. We did not have it in Avon when I was there. So I played travel teams, club teams mm-hmm. and men's teams. Yeah. Oh, cool. And what position did you play? Oh, everything. Mm-hmm. I was good at everything. <laughs> <laughs> good for you. I want to play pickleball. Yeah. And I am, uh, I'm going to try to, to take up pickleball this summer every um everyone raves about it and it looks like fun it looks like something i actually might be able to do i'm not sure but i have good hand eye i can play i can play ping pong a little bit is that I basically mean, what it is with a bigger paddle yeah. and like standing up and on, on a, a tennis court? court yeah 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 it seems like it's somewhere between tennis and ping pong i think that's what it looks like to me and I don't know. It just looks like fun. Anybody? Anybody I, else? I, I, I want to get into like an old man lacrosse league. I don't know if those exist. I've never played lacrosse in my <laughs> life. My started. son plays lacrosse. My nephew just wrapped up playing lacrosse. He was a goalie for some reason. I don't know why anybody would be a lacrosse goalie, but he played four years of high school lacrosse goalie, uh, somehow survived. It just seems like a fun sport. You run around, you hit people with sticks. Seems easy-ish to <laughs> score goals. I don't know. Seems you don't fun. need you don't yeah. need any structure to do that, Dan. If you just want to run around and hit people with sticks, <laughs> yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> yeah, um, lacrosse is funny because I feel like we all like even when I was in high school, which I graduated high school in 2011, um, and that's not that long ago. Not many schools had teams. Like no schools in I went to Amherst I can't think of like one school in our conference that had a team and now you just see it everywhere mm-hmm. and in my yeah. last job at the Beacon Journal I covered a lot of lacrosse and it is very fun to watch and there are some good high school lacrosse teams in mm-hmm. northeast Ohio so it's yeah. interesting Rocky River comes to mind Hudson like there's there's some pretty good competition that you can see St. Ignatius um really good stuff mm-hmm. You know, and, yeah. and through your job, you might have access to uh, one of the guys who's considered the greatest cross player of all time. It's fair. <laughs> that is fair. <laughs> but you know what, Dan? I don't I don't know that there are many like. It's, older, it's not like hockey. Not that you're older. You're, you're not. Yeah. And I mean, my God, you still get carded when we're out on the road. <laughs> that should be a story we tell. Yeah. I mean, my goodness. People <clears throat> think I'm his mother when we're out on the road. He gets carded and I'm like. Okay, I have an ID on me too. Do you want to see it? I'll show it to you. I worked hard to get a good picture. Made sure that my I was freshly highlighted for the driver's license picture. I do work hard for the driver's license picture. Hmm. It's it's a standing joke in my family. I work hard on it. I can't remember the last time I got carded either. So I'm in the same boat. Uh, but I don't think that, I don't know. I don't know that there are many men's Maybe there I, are. I think Maybe we're still like, we're probably like 15 or 20 years away from that really like starting. I'm sure like if I lived in Massachusetts, they're probably like everywhere, just people playing in like backyards and whatever. It's, but, you know, in Ohio, I, th- I think we're still a ways away. Um, 
again, it was interesting to see the questions that we got from multiple people. And a lot of people want to know our pet situation. (laughs) And if we are dog or cat people. And again, they might not know this because they don't usually see the videos, um, the full videos of these pods. But Mary Kay's cat has made an appearance multiple Mm -hmm. times. Our videographer, Dave Anderson, his cat has made an appearance. My dog usually barks in the background Mm -hmm. of these podcasts at various times. So... Yeah, I am not a dog or a cat person, honestly. I'm, I don't mind. I've kind of become a dog person because I have a dog, but we used to have cats. We had two cats and I I liked cats. I like them both equally. I like them both equally, but I'm, I'm more of a cat person, as you guys know. Um, And I have, I always end up with, I've had this running cycle of purebred Himalayans and should I tell the cat you puncture story oh, yes. from last week? Yes. I'm just going to say, anytime you say, can I, should I tell this story? We're going to say yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's just whether you want to tell the story or not. Oh my God. I have to tell this story because this is my life. If I were a Netflix series, this would be an episode. So I have these purebred Himalayans. And they're like just those real cute, fluffy, white, long-haired cats. But I'm now on my second terminally ill Himalayan. And I, I saved Shiloh as long as I possibly could. But it took a lot of work. I had to take uh, Shiloh for um, regular, um, I'm, I now call them cat acupuncture appointments. So, so Shiloh would get cat acupuncture, real needles and, um, you know, some B12 shots and, you know, whatever else, whatever else it took. But we kept Shiloh going for quite a while. Then I replaced Shiloh with Shelby and Shelby is who you guys see all the time. Sweetest little thing in the world. And as it turns out about like less than a year into having Shelby, I find out that she has hyper trophic cardiomyopathy and they gave her maybe a year to live and she was only months old at that time and so of course I was devastated um and so I once again embarked on I'm going on a couple years of cat acupuncture now with Shelby so it seems to be working pretty well um but um you know again on this job where you have to have the computer on your back all the time and you cannot leave home without it and you have to take it everywhere it really is hard to squeeze in the cat acupuncture appointments but you know you got to do what you got to do so i took shelby to a cat acupuncture appointment last week or maybe 2 weeks ago and just as we were in there you know getting her calmed down she's getting her little needles in um, i get i get this phone call while i'm sitting in the appointment hello uh, yeah, this is Rich Paul. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, this is Rich Paul. And the weird part about it was the day before I was thinking, oh, I wish I could, you know, establish a relationship with Rich Paul. You know, now, uh, you know, the owner, the, the, the founder of Clutch Sports, they're making inroads into the Browns. And, um, you know, it would be so hard for me to, to try to make a connection with them because, you know, those guys are so up there and, um And I was thinking about like, how, how would I do this? So I manifested a phone call from somehow manifested a phone call from Rich Paul, but it was, he was, um, you know, there was a little bit of a bone of contention about something. So it didn't start out to be like, 
a real, you know, like, hey, how are you doing, Mary Kay, kind of a phone call. It wasn't like that. Um, but I think it turned out okay. Um, but, you know, those guys have, um, you know, they have, they've got Perry on Winfrey. They just got Miles Garrett. And so I was thinking, oh, God, how, how am I going to, uh, you know, make this connection? Well, we made the connection. The connection was made right in the middle of Cat Puncture. And then, um, you know, and then, and it, and it went on for a while. It was like a 15, 20 minute conversation. And so, you know, by the time I got done, Shelby had the B12 shot, had the, the needles removed and we were good to go. Netflix episode? You think the wire was good? <laughs> I, think it could. I think we were still on pets, poor cats, cat or no, dog people. There's got to be a TLC series about cat you puncture. I think that's what the show is. Yeah, I've definitely seen it on TV before. Scott, you're a dog person, right? Uh, well, we have a cat and a dog. We have a Jack Russell Terrier who's just an angry little man. Uh, barks at everything. And uh, my daughter uh, got a cat a year ago. It's basically the family's cat, though. I mean, I have to close the door or else she'd be crawling across the screen here. <laughs> but that's, I mean, we've had both my entire life. So I don't, I don't know if I'm really a dog or a cat person. Although I do, I think I have, I like the fact that a cat can take care of itself. I don't have to get up and let the cat outside. (laughs) Um, There isn't as much of a, like if you don't feed that dog on time, you're going to hear about it. The cat, (laughs) eh, you know, it's not as big of a deal. The cat's laying in the window. It's fine. It sleeps half the day, but yeah. So maintenance wise, I guess I'm a cat person, but other than that, uh, either one's fine. Yeah. So I always grew up, we had dogs when I was growing up, golden retrievers specifically. So I do love golden retrievers. I've come to like cats, um, but I don't have any pets of my own currently. I live in an apartment and I just am like, it'd be too hard right now to, to especially to have a dog. And like, if I had a dog, I would want it to have a nice yard and, and all of that fun stuff. So maybe one day, fingers crossed, I do like animals, just have only had dogs in the past. We, we did have someone ask us if we could say what breeds um some browns players would be i don't know enough about certain dog breeds to to categorize them but like yeah they even asked baker mayfield they wanted to know what kind of a breed oh. of dog he would miles garrett nick chubb david and joku yeah, that's hard baker would be whatever that dog was that was sitting next to him on the you never know <laughs> podcast yeah, yeah. <laughs> miles would be like a a soup like you know a super friendly breed but like just lock in like when there was a threat or something like, like that the most agile doberman of all time yeah, there you go. yeah. <laughs> like a, a german shepherd or something well i Wait wonder up. what gohan is his his dog uh gohan yeah. is a gohan is a german shepherd oh there you go mm. yeah like a purebred german shepherd which ours is a mutt He's like half German Shepherd, and then we don't know what else. But like those German Shepherd traits are, yeah, there's something. They are, yeah. We had a husky when I was growing up, and sometimes when he got out of the house, like we had to have him on a leash when he, he did just run. And when he would get out, he would run, but he wouldn't just like r- run away. Period. He would run far enough away from you, then he would stop and look at you. And so you're running to try and get him, and as soon as you got within five feet. He would dart by you and keep running. I, that's probably as close to Chubb as I think as you're going to get. Uh, one day, this this husky got out and my sister was chasing it. 
um, half a mile down the street, a lot of side streets on our, in our neighborhood growing up. And she just chased it and chased it. Uh, and I, I caught up with her. We got down to the end of one side street and the thing keeps dodging us. I mean, it's like really literally trying to tackle somebody like is elusive as Nick Chubb. And finally the dog stopped that had to pee by a shrub. And that's when I jumped on him and, and finally got him. That was pretty much the only way we were going to catch this dog. Um, but yeah, I would go with Husky cause they're just super elusive. Yeah. Huskies. Yeah. They're run constantly. It's what, it's what they do. It's, it's their livelihood. Okay. A couple more here. Uh, this is from Terry Richards in Peoria. Um, he's coming to Cleveland from Phoenix to see the Jets and Steelers games. What's one place he absolutely has to eat while he's in Cleveland. I don't eat in Cleveland. <laughs> I know people always do say Bari. I know like some certain people have strong feelings about Barrio like one way or the other. And if it's like, quote unquote, overrated, I still love Barrio. I think if you find what you like on the menu, it's a great taco place to, to go to. And it's kind of like a, become a staple here, I mm-hmm. would say. So I would recommend that. There's a few locations, downtown, Lakewood. You can kind of have your pick. Barrio is great. It's a good choice. Mabel's, the Michael, uh, Michael Simon barbecue. That. I've, never, I've never been there, but I've heard good things about it is crowded even on a random night. I, li- I I tried to go on Tuesday or Wednesday of this week and there wasn't anything going on downtown and they were like, it's an hour wait. And I'm like, hmm. So you might you might run into some crowds there at random times, but it is very good. Um Aqua Deluca downtown is is good. Um that's a really good restaurant. Um Johnny's on Fulton, one of my faves. Yeah, a lot kind of places in Little it Italy. That's what you're looking for if you want. Yeah, to exactly. Nicer or if you're just kind of looking for something quick and, and easy or, yeah, I don't know. Go to Pulp in one of the suburbs <laughs> around yeah. Cleveland. I think it's pretty much just a Northeast Ohio thing. It is. Um, it's very good. I help keep them in business. That's Scott's goal mm-hmm. because I always see Scott with some Pulp when he shows up. It's on the way. It's on the way to Berea. So I just stopped there. If you want to venture out into Little Italy, I love Mia Bella. That's a little bit of a nicer spot. Mama Santa's has great pizza out there as well. That's on the east side. So worth a trip out there, I think. Corbo's Bakery, amazing. The best cassata cake I've ever had in my life. And tiramisu as well. Mm-hmm. There was a question on here. Uh, I don't know. Mary Kay kind of touched on a little bit with how her job is, but somebody wanted to know how responsibilities broke down. And specifically, they wanted to know, is Dan the head honcho? <laughs> no. But, uh, <laughs> head podcast honcho. If, if, yeah. if that was the case, nothing would ever get accomplished. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, we make it work. That's we, we make do. it work. We, we all have, work. we all have things that we love to do. We all have things that we really do well. Um, you know, I mean, if you had to break it down, um, you know, I mean, Scott really focuses so much on all the analytics stuff and really, uh, you know, just all the sort of bookkeeping stuff and keeping everything straight in terms of roster and right. I mean, describe it, Scott. Yeah. I mostly do analysis. That's data driven. I also do, you know, the dumb stories, like how the O and 10 Browns can still make the playoffs. No one else here is going to write that. So I might as well, uh, do that. And I have, uh, it, it was the dumbest I ever wrote. I was told by multiple people until the <laughs> next year when I wrote how the one in nine Browns can still make the playoffs. Uh, at that point, I think that became the dumbest story I ever wrote. So yeah, th- that's stuff too. I do, but yeah, a lot of analysis. 
And then Ashley is, um, you know, when Ashley was hired, we were lucky enough to get Ashley midway through uh, last year. We kind of uh, poached her from the Akron Beacon Journal um, and we were lucky to, to get her. Uh, she was brought in with the idea of kind of, you know, focusing on a lot of Brown's features, but she's so talented and versatile, can play inside and out. Um, we, that, yeah, um, we have to cross train here. Yeah, I'm, I'm the great piece. My she's guess. a hybrid. We cross trained her. Okay? And as I mentioned yesterday, she played basketball at John Carroll. So when it came time to help out on the, the Cavs beat this year, when they got hot, she was able to uh, slide right over and do a bunch of calf stuff and did a phenomenal job with all that. So she's uh, just a, a jack of all trades and just really good at what she does. But just in terms of the Browns beat um, her, her primary focus, and we all do everything, yeah. um, but her primary focus is to do features. And she's got a couple of uh, good ones coming up here pretty soon. Yeah. And like to give people kind of like an idea of the features that, you know, I started mid season last year and got two nice long ones done undone have been people's Jones and JOK, but like stories like that. And these guys have all written them too. I mean, they can take like months and you're waiting for people to call you back and you're waiting to set up interviews and you're waiting to see, you know, when the, the Browns might be able to give you a guy one-on-one and then you're sifting through in some cages or some pace, uh, cases, I would have like 15 pages of transcribed interviews that I'm then trying to sort through and like, how can I make a story out of this? So it's like really helpful when you have so many people covering a team because like while I'm doing that, like if there's not a lot of news that day, then I don't have to necessarily worry about what Kevin Stefanski says on in a Monday press conference, right? I can be worried about this thing over here and like, what was JOK? Like, how did he become a vegan? Like that sort of stuff. So it is nice to kind of get that balance of the, the X's and O's stuff with like how these guys got to where they are, why they are the way they are, that sort of thing. Okay, I want to take this in a different direction. This got me thinking. What's your favorite story you've written for everyone? It can be a feature. It can be, Scott, it could be your how the 0-10 Browns make the playoffs. <laughs> like, when you kind of look back, what's your favorite, the favorite thing that you've worked on or written? I'm springing this on everybody. Yeah. Yeah. The most fun thing to write was the sequel to Masters of the Gridiron. <laughs> that was the most fun thing to write. <clears throat> Um, but yeah, how the own 10 Browns could still make the playoffs was a lot of fun too. Cause it just made so many people mad. It was funny. Um, those are probably two be up there. You know, one of the things that I enjoyed doing was something different. I don't know if I want to say it was my favorite, but I came up with all kinds of like just off the, the beaten path questions for miles Garrett. Cause I knew oh, he yeah. was sort of a, um, deep thinker and he was just a different, just a different cat. So um, I came up with just all different, different kinds of questions for him um, in terms of, I, I can't even think of a bunch of them now, but, um, you know, just to try to get a little bit of a different look uh, at him. And I, I think it was, I think it was a, a fun interview. It was a fun interview for me to do. I hope it was fun for him to answer some questions that were a little bit different. <laughs> Yeah, I would say since I've been here, my JOK one is definitely my favorite. I mean, I just think he's such an interesting guy and I'm so excited to see where his career goes. And, you know, if all goes like how we think it's going to, I think in a few years, I'll look back on that story and be like, wow, I can't believe I got all this when he was a rookie and, and kind of got to understand him. 
uh, in this way. And then recently, like in the last year before I got to cleveland.com and I was still at the Beacon Journal, I, my favorite story I wrote there, I think, Bronnie James was playing in an AAU showcase at St. Vincent St. Mary. And that was really cool to like kind of go and talk to all these people who, you know, knew LeBron when he played there. And now they're seeing all this people were outside lined up down market street to get in like hours before this showcase, the doors opened for it. And it was just kind of really cool to get to experience that and talk to people who, who got to experience both. So I would say in the last year, those are like my favorites that I've gotten to do. Yeah. I think as far as the, like the story that I enjoyed working on the most just because of the different interviews and the people I talked to was probably uh, when I did the Andrew Barry profile a few years back, just getting his parents on the phone at like six in the morning and like all of that, like that was, that was fun. Um, I think I've written better stuff, but just as far as like a fun sort of the process of putting together the story was probably, I think I would probably go with that one. Although I really like that story, Dan, that was a good story. If, if, if you didn't get a chance to read it, go, go find it, just Google Andrew Berry and, and Dan Lobby and read it. There was a lot of good stuff in there. And that does stand out to me as just one of, you know, one of your better pieces. Oh, thanks. See, this was all just a long, this was all just a long con to get a compliment. Dan, to get a compliment. Mm-hmm. One, one story that I actually had to talk to somebody that was fun to do was when I tracked down Turkey Jones after the whole Miles Garrett, Mason Rudolph fiasco and basically, you know, drew the connection of, you know, Browns on Steelers quarterback violence, basically. Uh, he had a lot of fun things to say about back in the day. And so that was interesting, but. Okay. I have, I have more fun when I can just make stuff up. <laughs> Let, that's, see, that, that's going to be a soundbite, Scott. That's going to come back to haunt us now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, la- last one. <clears throat> Favorite Browns uniform combination. This person says theirs is the white jerseys with the orange pants. I am. Wait, I what, was say, it? what was it? White, white jersey, orange, like jersey, white orange, orange pants. pants. Can, can I just say, like, they've got to do more all white at home. Yeah. I just, there's something, you know, that traditional, like, kind of old school, like, it shouldn't be their primary home, but, you know, let's just do some old school Jim Brown style, all white at home. So I think mine, wait, you said this person's favorite was white jerseys. White jersey, orange pants. Orange pants. Okay. I think my favorite might be brown jersey, white pants. That's a good one. I just really like the brown jerseys and I don't like the brown and brown, but I do like the brown and white. I am not that much of a uniform (laughs) person, but I do kind of like brown jerseys, orange pants. That's a good one too. Let me grab something. Uh oh. Oh no. Scott just like nodded his head violently in response to that and then just got up and to to go get something. Oh, here it is. This is the best jersey right here. Okay. Brown shirt, orange pants. All right. Brian Sidebearer right here. My mommy's, I'm holding up a doll, by the way, that my mom made back in the 80s with my grandmother. They sold these at craft shows. Oh, the rest of my family thinks this is going to come alive and terrorize us in the middle of the night. That's like a chunky thing. This might be the last one in existence. I don't know. That's that's but that's that's the best uh, movies here. Yes, that's the best combo right there. Brown jersey, orange pants. Yeah, I agree. Fair enough. 
Can I just say my hottest take about uniforms is the color rush jerseys from a few years ago. Yeah. Were only so popular because the other uniforms were awful. Just so True. awful. Yeah. Everyone was just so relieved to see something True that that. those uniforms. Mm-hmm. Yep. I do like when they have the numbers on the helmets when they do the throwback. Um, yeah. The throwback cool ones look. are nice. Yeah. They, they nailed those. I was looking through some photos trying to find something to use in a story the other day. And I came across, it was actually that Baltimore night game. Ashley, when they were wearing the old school throwbacks, those were, they, they did a nice job on those. I hope those kind of stay in the rotation here. Yeah. Um, all right. I think obviously we didn't get to all of them, but uh, there we go. Our football insider subscribers coming through with some, a whole bunch of non-football questions for us here. Uh, Schedule is going to be a little different uh, coming out of the weekend. Um, we're going to have Hey Mary Kay. It'll post at some point on Tuesday. That'll get you through Tuesday and Wednesday. We'll be back then with an, uh, uh, an OTA recap on Wednesday as we will be back out at practice to watch them on Wednesday morning. So a uh, little, little different schedule with the holiday. Um, when you are a football writer, if you have an opportunity to take a long weekend, and I knock on wood when I say this, if you have an opportunity to take a long weekend in the spring, you've got to take it. So a uh, little different schedule for you next week. Just make sure you're subscribed, uh, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts, Orange and Brown Talk, and make sure you're a Football Insider subscriber, cleveland.com slash browns, the blue banner at the top of the page. Uh, Mary Kay, Scott, Ashley, I will talk to you all later. Oh, that's another podcast. Okay. That's another (laughs) podcast for another day.